1: Welcome back, welcome back everybody throughout the Fruited Plains of the Greatest Nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with me today as we take this journey together uh, down through the Fruited Plains of the Greatest Nation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you for making our show uh, as popular as, as it has become. It's all because of you. Yeah, and um, today, friends, <laughs> I have um, someone coming on, Dr. Kia Ellis, uh, who um, specializes in behavior. yeah that's 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 her that's her thing she specializes in behavior and we want to talk about this critical race theory and uh, what that's all about here on the show as well and she's coming in the second hour michelle uh, uh reached out to her and i certainly uh thank i'm certainly grateful uh that kia has been a friend uh for many years now many years and uh here of the of uh, the show and uh, a friend of of, of ours Uh, and I certainly appreciate her coming on today I want to also we're going to be talking about this and I know I may get in trouble for talking about it uh, but that's okay because it needs to be said in fact uh, a friend of mine texted me uh, this morning and said hey that Maxine Waters has got to go And, and you know what uh, when you think about what she said further is this. If that had been Trump, or any, any Trump-ate. Any Trump-ate. Uh, oh. Katie, bar the door. Auntie Maxine. If you follow me on Twitter, I just tweeted out uh, not long ago that uh, picture, a pic of uh, Kamala Harris and Auntie Maxine together. And I said these words uh, to Americans and particularly, especially black Americans, because, see, it's a strange thing. As I was saying to Mike Woods the other day, how... Back in the Civil War days, the, what, was the, what was the argument over states' rights and slavery? Slavery is states' rights. They were interchangeable. Uh, states believed they had the right to keep their slaves, and uh, the feds were saying, no, you don't have that right to do that as a sovereign state. You can't do that. Now, personally, I'm very glad that uh, you know, the South lost that fight as far as holding on to the slaves. But as it was said that someone had once uh, mentioned to General Lee, free the slaves, then fight the war of sovereignty, of a state's rights. Free the slaves, then fight the war. The South may have won that fight because the slaves, many of them, many of them would not have fled to the North. They'd have stayed and fought for the South if they could have been assured that 40 acres and a mule that l- later came along, you know. And, and, and you would have seen an entirely different type of partnership in the South among its, its citizenry and its citizens. You would have seen an entirely different uh, uh, South if you had freed the slaves, then fought the war over states' rights, even, even, listen, even the slave owners knew that owning another human being was wrong. <laughs> they knew that. It was about what it's always been about and it always will be about uh, in this world, you know, greed. And as it has been said, it was a movie, Wall Street or whatever movie that was. Greed. In the human use, in the use of human um, progress, has been both good and bad. Now, Gordon Gecko said it was just good. Greed is good. No, greed has been good and bad. Uh, greed is one of the in the in the human spectrum, and and from the God from God's standpoint, greed is is a sin. It's evil. Okay, but human beings have used that thing in many ways. Maybe not to help their fellow man, but certainly to progress themselves. They've used that tool called greed. And in that vernacular, Gordon Gecko's right, greed is good. But in the sense of its long term effect on the soul, of a nation, it's evil, and it always will be. Not just America, but it's on the soul of a, a global nation. Greed always becomes a destruction. And so, Maxine Waters, <laughs> the question that I ask. The question that I'm asking you today, my friends, what has Maxine Waters ever done for anyone other than herself? Kamala Harris, too. That's why I put them both together there. Maxine Waters, 82. 282 years of age she's 82 years of age been in public life in, you know elected life for 40 years i think she's been in washington now since 1995 96 97 somewhere in there Maxine has been there for a long time in fact she is one of the prime um reasons And best examples of why we should have term limits. Don't you know that? She and Joe Biden. Joe Joe Biden's been there as long as she has. Joe Biden's been there nearly 50 years. Nancy Nancy Pelosi's been there about 30. Dirty 30. (laughs) Steny Horrier. Been there a long time. But the people in that district of Los Angeles, I think that's the 31st out there in Los Angeles out there uh, includes Compton and includes uh, Englewood and, you know, what Watts, it includes all of that. The people out there have reelected, get this, they have sent her back to a two term office. For the last 15 years, which means that Maxine has been there 30, going on 32 years in that office. Look at that area of Los Angeles over the last 30 years. I know. Listen, I used to live. Uh, Jane and I lived off of Avalon and 42nd Place way back in the day, back in the 70s, late 70s, we, were, we lived out there for about four four years, lived out in Los Angeles, Long Beach, Pomona, Los Angeles, you know. But we first, when we first landed in Los Angeles, we had relatives that lived there at uh, Avalon and 42nd Place. And I'm talking about uh, this was a, a V-Hood Although it's nice, you know, it's much nicer than any hood would be in where I'm from in Shreveport, Louisiana. But this was the hood. <laughs> Make no mistake about it. Yeah, it was. And so, so it's 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 not any different, really, now than it was then. And Maxine Waters hasn't been there that whole time since I was out there, but she's been there since all the gang banging has been going on. Since right, 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 since the gang banging is going on, oh yeah, it actually got worse, and it makes you wonder, doesn't it? Makes me wonder. It makes me wonder. What are these people thinking? What grip does she have on them? That they keep electing her back to office for 15 times, two-year terms, 30 years. You're having people who grew up dodging bullets under her uh, uh, administrations or elections, elected office, in her elected office. You have people who grew up over that 30-year period of time uh, dodging bullets who have taken people to be buried because they were gang gangbanging. Because they were, they were drive-by shot. Huh? You have those people. Who somehow send her back. To office. For 30 years. And what has she done? Let me tell you what she's doing. And I'm all in agreement. With anyone who wants to have her taken out of office Uh, representative green um wants to expel maxine waters from the senate now that's marjorie taylor green now a lot of y'all uh may not like marjorie uh you know marjorie gotten some hot water um a while back you know over things she said some time back but i want to tell you something when we think about the individual statements that meant nothing that all of us have said over the period of time that we've been alive we oh my god i've said some things even recently you know to friends to loved ones that i say to myself you shouldn't say that you shouldn't have said that. But that was a private thought. I wasn't trying to incite anybody to do anything. Are you hearing me? I was just expressing. And, you know, we're around friends. You, you, you tend to, well, you be yourself. You, you, you say what's on your mind, hoping they won't judge you, right? That's what you're hoping for. Uh, so you say what's on your mind, you never say those type of things uh, out loud to anyone else, but you can you you're being yourself you're you're giving your innermost thoughts so that you can be honest and they know you honestly, okay, they know you honestly and they know you for the person uh you are, and they know that you uh, do deal with certain things, and all of us deal with certain things in a social way that you don't deal with in a private way. Do you understand? That means you're balanced. Okay, okay. That means you are balanced. That means that you have uh, the you have an understanding of what is private and what is acceptable in social uh, arenas. Maxine Waters doesn't know that, which makes me wonder what she would what she is really saying in private, because the thing she's saying in public. Is disturbing. It is absolutely uh, unacceptable. And if Nancy Pelosi stands for this, if the Democrats stand for this, then hey, guess what? You know what the deal is. You, you, if if they stand for this, you know what the deal is. And the deal is scorched earth policy. The deal is bring the young people along and keep them on the street, incite them, put money in their pocket so they don't have to think about going out getting a job. And we can continue to scorch the earth with this racist Burn down the house, burn down our neighborhoods, destroy that man's business type of mentality, which will do this one thing. It will bring America to her knees if you, friend, my fellow American patriot, if you don't stand up and push back against this nonsense I am telling you now, and you better hear me now. I don't. If if you don't make up your mind to do something, call some radio show. And that's another thing. Uh, we're about to get everything back up and and running, so I can take I can feel your calls. Uh, but but if you don't call somebody, write somebody, uh, text somebody. Put something on the web, Facebook, whatever it is. You're on MeWe, whoever it is, Telegram, whatever you're on. If if you don't do something, say something. Your silence is deafening. Your silence. It's deafening because you are watching this woman who is 82 years old what what's the only card she has left to play to remain relevant let's go back down memory lane with with uh with, with Maxine Waters okay Maxine Waters yeah born in uh St. Louis, Missouri she's 82 years old what's that uh, 1938 yeah, 1938. Nancy Maxine Waters born. Times were probably very difficult in her first sixteen, fifteen, sixteen years, whatever that she stayed there before her family moved to California. Now, this would have been the early 60s that her family decided to get up and go to California. I think Maxine, if I'm not mistaken, uh, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but Miss Maxine came from a broken home. I think her father left when they were, when she was young, real young. She may have been an infant, but she was young. I have I've know her story. I used to know her story anyway. And uh, you know, they moved to California where things were better, much better. Well, she became a telephone operator, and I think she worked for um uh, some company anyway, Maxine has always had a job. you understand what I'm saying, and um she was vocal enough to get elected to local office, and it turned into what we're in now. what I'm saying is uh for seventy for sixty five years of Maxine Waters' life she hasn't been experiencing any Jim Crow and let me tell you something Maxine Waters lives up uh, off of uh, Wilshire in a magnificent home that the people whose mind she's poisoning will never are you hearing me they will never be motivated to get that as she was she's robbing them of the very thing she has she's robbing them of the very method she used to get it by poisoning their minds against the nation that provides that method are you hearing me Hey, friends, let me tell you something. Maxine Waters is shaking down the young people of this nation. And why in the world would an 82-year-old woman who understood what Jim Crow is all about want to be called Annie, want to be called auntie? I'll talk to you about that when the CL Bryant show returns. I'm from Louisiana. Uh, I know all about being called Amy and Uncle. I'm going to tell you how paradoxical that is when Maxine goes for it. When I return, don't go anywhere. I'm CL. CL back with you on this great day in the USA, and I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with me as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation, right here on the CL Bryant Show daily from twelve noon, twelve o five noon in twelve o five in the East until two p.m. daily. Here over Red State, Red State the talk monster, uh, throughout the Fruited Plains and around the globe of the greatest nation on the face of the planet there. I will say it uh, again. It is still, and we must keep it that way. I've given you a republic if you can keep it. So now it's time to step forward. It's time to keep it. Are you hearing me? It's time to step forward. It's time to keep it. Oh, you have talked a good game and all of that in times past. Oh, you've gone to your meetings and your rallies and and all of that. And we kept it. And we kept it in days gone by. But let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Is the starch just being put into you? Is the steel just being poured back into your spine or have you been so beaten down that you just don't want to fight no more? I'm saying to you, we need to rally these troops and let's hit them again. We need to regroup. We need to re, re, redress ourselves and hit them again like we did four years ago. We have to do that here very shortly. It's already uh, knocking on the door of May. Fifth month. Of. um, This year 2021 and then we'll be halfway through it. We'll be sailing toward uh, summer. And the first. Year. Year of the stolen election. And then we enter into 2022 and, and and this is what Maxine Waters is is going to come in here. I'm going to I'm going to swing I'm going to swing back around. Stay with me. We enter into 2022 is Maxine Waters been censured for um uh, the the inciting violence which will surely come. Although it does look like uh this uh, Derek Chauvin. he's <laughs> Derek Chauvin, you're going to go down for the count, dude. If 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 the jury, I I, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, uh, you know I'm one of those personal responsibility guys. You uh, take if you did it, you take responsibility for it. Are you hearing me? If you did it, you take responsibility for it. Okay, I'm one of those personal responsibility guys, but I won't tell you this. The prosecution has a very strong case against Chauvin. Chauvin, there is no way to really redeem his actions in the way he uh, behaved without any milk of policy or human kindness. Passers-by knew this wasn't right. The police that were with him knew this wasn't right. So I, I, I'm, I'm of the, the mind now that Chauvin's going to go down. It ain't going to be nice. And I'm going to tell you something now. Because everyone in this country, red, yellow, black, white, whoever you are, whatever stripe you wear, everyone deems that to be flagrant foul, dude. I mean, that was just flagrant, flagrant disregard. For a human life who really... He wasn't robbing a bank. Seriously, he wasn't. He was not a good actor in the community. He was, he's going to be, he's going to cut up in the community. But that's what you're, you're, you're a police, you, you police that. You, you bring about some type of deterrent, especially if you're a mayor of that city. You bring some type of deterrent into place that eliminates the, the, the postures of a George Floyd on your streets by letting your police police them. So there's a lot of failure that went on here. I'm sure George Floyd was failed uh, somewhere down the line in his life is you know, we, you know to get where he is. But you know, we all can we all can uh, sing a tune uh, of some type of failure in our lives too, can't we? But you have to take responsibility for how you feel about your future. How you're moving into your future. You have to take responsibility for that. George Floyd evidently never did he winds up dead two fools collided on those streets on that day two fools collided on that's on those streets and that any one of those other cops would not have killed George Floyd yeah i said it any one of those other cops would not have killed George Floyd But this cop had it in his mind that he was going to do what he did. That is the only way to paint that picture because he did it. Now, coming back to Maxine. haven't forgotten Maxine Waters. Now the jury's going to be sequestered they should have already been sequestered but the jury's going to be sequestered which is not going to be good for the defendant anyway (laughs) because they're ready to go they're going to be ready to go home and they they don't want to they don't want to be there I wouldn't want to be on this jury either because I would have to send a cop to jail I would not want to be on this jury because I would have to send a cop to jail. It was flagrant. It was flagrant. Now, hear me out now. Hear me out. I know a lot of you saying, well, George Floyd, I mean, uh, yeah, George Floyd uh, should, not, should not, he she should not have. He should, he should not have been a drunk. He should not have been a, a dope fiend. He should not have been all of those things but he should not have been killed either. He was a low-level street guy. I mean, this was not John Gotti. This was not uh, Baby Babyface Nelson or anyone approaching that. He was a low-level street guy who everyone knew as a cut-up. The cops knew him as a cut-up. He didn't deserve to be killed. He was killed. Um, what do you do as a mayor to to, to to cause that not to happen again? That's why you're elected mayor because you're always talking about you got a plan. You didn't have a plan to uh, see that People like George Floyd don't spend their days loitering on the street. You don't have a plan to clean that up because you don't, you're not, you turn your police loose, but then you got this nut who collides with this other nut. Neither of them should be where they are. George Floyd should not have been where he was. And Chauvin should not have been where he is. He does not have the mentality for it. And George Floyd had pretty much blown his mentality out years ago. Two fools collide. Now, if they bring back a hung jury or a uh, not guilty verdict, I'm going to tell, I'm going to say this. And you hear me well because I'm going to put it in context here in just a minute. If they do that, Maxine Waters is right. There is going to be a big time, big time backlash from all sectors, but particularly on the one she is uh, fanning the flames on. Oh, she's fanning those flames. Maxine is stoking that fire for whatever happens in that situation, for whatever happens in that situation. She is stoking that fire. And I tell you something, she's enjoying it too. She has got to be stopped yeah it, it 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 is it is one of those things where this type of rhetoric will bring us down as a nation it'll bring us Does she care? No. Maxine has been paid and she is 82 years old. Hey, get around real good, looking good for an 82 year old woman. Still got a sharp mind and she knows that she wants to remain relevant. But if Donald John Trump, if any of his operatives had said this, type of thing to any of our crowds where we go. But I got to tell you something new. I got news for you, brother. I have news for you, brother. <laughs> we are about to start rallying our troops too. Oh, this is good. This is, this is about to go down. You need to be ready because there's no way you can avoid it. This is about to go down. You need to be prepared. I I, I hate to break that news to you. I hate to tell you about that. I hate to to, to even uh, broach it or bring it up. It's because it's frightening. There are voices of reason, though even on the left. Bill Maher, I am—I am just absolutely surprised at Bill Maher. How reasonable he is! This man, I—you know—I actually see more of his brilliance in his reasoning of it. You know, he is—he is truly a liberal who who leans left. He's left-leaning liberal. I am a Jeffersonian liberal who leans right. And therein, Mar and I can actually have a conversation. You know who knew this about him? Who was that, Pat Robertson? Or who was that Pat Robertson that went on the show? I can't remember who it was that went on to the Bill Mar show, cut a lot of flack about it. But actually, he understood something about Bill Mar that we're, we may be just understanding. Is that Bill Mar sees both sides of the story. He's obnoxious. He's vulgar about the way he talks about it. But he at least has principles that he adheres to in his own dogma. And that dogma, even his liberalism, says that something's wrong with the way this thing is going down here in America right now. Something's wrong with that. And he has the courage to say it because of his principles. He's like one of us in that sense. We, who are part of Tea Party and who are part of grassroots organizations and so forth around the nations and, and, and so forth, who have been conservatives and Republicans around this nation, we have that same type of courage and resolve, which means we should admire what admire him because you can talk honestly with this man and he'll give you an honest opinion and not a political one. He'll give you his honest opinion from his uh, perspective, even though I don't like uh, political correctness. Uh, Was it? That's the name of a show. Uh, I politically correct. Is that it? Um, even though I don't ever watch it, I have watched it. You know, in the past, but it you know pretty much uh, ticks me off. <laughs> Certainly don't want to. That's not really not the word I want to use. <laughs> but it ticks me off really bad. So I don't ever. I don't ever watch it. But. Maxine Waters is inciting violence. The type of violence, the type of violence that truly is insurrection. She should be censured. She should be uh, sat down. Are you hearing me? She should be sat down. You heard of the other day, Jim Jordan, simply trying to uh, express himself. And uh, what, what does he get for his trouble? Shut your mouth. I'm telling you, these people believe they own you. These people, these people believe they own you. And Joe Biden has every right to believe that he owns the black vote, no doubt about it, because, uh, well, uh, they've, they've kept electing him they even voted for him this past I don't, don't think they voted for him in the numbers that Barack got there's no way that Joe Biden got more votes than Barack Obama I just don't believe that but what, what why in the world would any black person vote for Joe Biden is it because he said is it because he says that if you don't vote for him then you ain't black and Joe Joe by the way who is Corn Pop? Who is Corn Pop? Has anyone come forward from that era in in time or perhaps Joe's imagination or memory from the Wonderland where obviously Joe met this person named Corn Pop? Uh, is there anyone who who who's been able to corroborate this or or this is just something that we just let him go around saying without any corroboration huh what what's up what's up with that well Maxine Waters evidently I don't know I certainly hope that uh people like Congressman Green prevail yeah Marjorie Taylor Green from Georgia I hope she prevails with her effort to censure Maxine Waters who is out of control drunken with power don't care don't care who gets hurt because Maxine lives in the house up on above Wilshire that's where she lives let them eat cake let them burn down their own houses and buildings she's got a government pension she's made more money than she's going to spend hey everybody in her family is secure hey because they have her because they have Maxine Who has Built you People of Los Angeles for the last 30 years I'll be back Don't go anywhere I'm CL Thanks for coming along You thought I was worth saving So you came And changed my life You thought I so
3: you clean me up inside you thought I
2: Red state talk radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon echo and echo dot by simply saying Alexa play red state talk radio
3: red state talk
0: radio on TuneIn
3: best I
0: can
3: always lend a helping hand and for the
0: flag
1: I stand CL back with you on this great day in the USA thank you so much for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation what has she done i asked uh i asked this guy the other day about joe biden he, he's talking about black fella i was talking to him and uh i said well what uh, i got to I just, I just thought i'd ask the question for the pure you know devilment of it i guess <laughs> Uh oh that was a word that was a word that my grandmother used uh I know you've been up to some devilment, haven't you? Oh, my. (laughs) Ain't you? No, she'd say ain't you, not haven't you. Ain't you? You've been up to some devilment, ain't you? (laughs) Oh, my. So to be kind of be a little devilment, I said, well, well, what is it that uh, you like about Joe Biden? And I wasn't saying it uh, as an accusatory uh, type of question. I was asking it as a person who was inquiring with uh, another person who may have voted for Joe Biden. Of course, you know, I didn't vote for Joe Biden, but I I, I wanted to catch him off guard. And so I asked that question. I asked him, so what is it that... um, that you like about Joe Biden? What? 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 What is? What's he done for us? Tell him what. Tell me what he's done for us. And he looked at uh, his shoes there for a minute. <laughs> oh yeah, he looked at his shoes for a minute. And um, well, uh, you know, he's vice president, uh, Barack. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> this was a younger man right i say he's about 30 okay younger man I said then uh, were you working well he may have been 35 35 years old somewhere in there I said well were you working I was oh no man I was uh, during Joe Biden and, and Barack he was basically unemployed living from pillar to post uh, when Trump came into office, economy opens up, he gets a decent job. oil fields, oh yeah, yeah, booming, booming, pipeline job, booming, yet he votes for Joe Biden who shuts down the job that he was working on. So my question to him was, what has he done for you? Nothing and still holding. He has done nothing and he is doing nothing. He has always been on the wrong side. A foreign policy. That's why the Chinese are acting crazy. That's why. The Taliban is coming back. And the people in the Middle East are nervous. That's why. The Russians are testing him. To see if in fact he's the wimp. He appears to be. And is. Is. Fifth place Kamala Harris, vice president, they call her. Really calling any shots or is America a ship adrift? As it seems to be. On a turbulent sea. Without a captain at the helm. Is that what America is? Just a ship adrift on a turbulent sea waiting for pirates to board us. Are you hearing me? You better hear me. America is that ship adrift right now that we don't even know. Are you aware of this? Are you hearing? Are you aware of the fact that we don't even know? who's running this country, or who's supposed to be, we knew for sure that Donald Trump had controls of the reins of America, even though the, there are horses that run wild, like the Jeff Flakes and the Jeff Bushes of a uh, country, and those Nancy Pelosi types, the, the people who are swamp creatures and love the swamp. There are horses that run wild, but he still had the rain on the way, on the direction that the country was going. Right now, we are in a tailspin. Joe Biden has this nation in a tailspin and he is uh, allowing and and what's being allowed through the rhetoric of people like uh, Maxine Waters causes us to plunge toward a disastrous fate even quicker with the borders being breached like they are. With the borders being breached like they are. Catastrophe. Americans, catastrophe is looming. When, and I fly a lot, so I'm not going to call any airline names because I don't want to be, you know, I don't need no mess, Okay? Because, uh, hey, we're talking about the fight is going to definitely be on if the day comes when they try to ban me from traveling, it's going to be on. I mean, I've, I mean, a vicious, venomous fight will occur. The revolution will have started. But you get on a flight today. I I, have, I haven't been on a flight in about three weeks, three or four weeks, about three weeks. I haven't been on a flight. I'm about to go on one the latter part of this week. I am told that recently, used to on the flight, you could take your, if you're eating, you could take your mask down and uh, eat. And then, you know, after you finish eating, put the mask back up there. They're saying on the flights now, heard John Rich talk about this. He was on one just the other day. The same airline. Well, anyway, he said, that they're wanting you, if you're eating, to take the bite and then put the mask back on to chew. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So the, the airline's making that mandatory now? Do you understand the type of control that they have over you when they govern whether or not you can fly unless you do what they tell you to? Regardless of how stupid it is. They told you to do it, so you better do it. No. Nope. Nope. People came here to get away from that kind of thing. People came here to America to get away from that kind of thing. Say the people that uh, half of my folks that came over here, you know, involuntarily. But I'm glad they got here because I'd rather be here than in Nigeria. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad that I'm glad my people got got brought here. I'm sorry for what they had to go through to get me to where I am. I, I, oh my God, but I am so grateful that the dead have the fortitude, the strength to go through it so that I can be where I am right now. And I'm uh, hoping to endure whatever I need to endure so that my children, my grandchildren, and the people that I care about can do the same. That's why I fight this fight. That's why I fight this fight. Because there are those who came before me that fought the fight for me as well. That's why I fight this fight. And so I look forward to this fight. I, yeah. If this is the one that determines whether or not our nation continues um, as a republic or whether it folds into just like all the other nations on the scrap heap of history and become common. Yeah, like all other nations are, because we're exceptional. Call me whatever you want for saying that. Call me whatever you want for saying that. I got to tell you, friend, I believe that with all my heart that America is an exceptional nation, and we are that nation because the ground we walk on is yes, even though it is exceptional and it's beautiful, but we are the ones who make it yield its fruit and bless us. And you had better never forget, you should never forget that this nation is indeed and has been blessed by God. But if we forget, That we are a nation who is under God and has been blessed by God. If we forget that, then America will be a nation gone under. Are you hearing me? America will be a nation gone under. No question about it. I've given you a republic. If you can keep it. As I have called on you before and I'm calling on you again right now, Americans. This is the time. To keep the republic. This is it. And so. Uh, what's it going to be? What are you prepared to do? I'm CL. Be back, second hour. Of the show. Uh, to bring in Dr. Kia Ellis. And uh, Dr. Kia Ellis deals with behavior. And this, this critical race theory thing. It's it's shaping a certain type of mentality. And I want to talk to Dr. Ellis about what that is. Is there a purpose? Is, a, is there a direction? Is there a social design to it? She studied those types of things. And I think she's going to lend handily her expertise to that topic. I am CL. Don't go anywhere. Be back. Second hour.
3: I'm just a pilgrim on this road.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, uh, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is uh, America. You know how I feel about it, and uh, I talk about it every day right here on the C.L. Bryant Show of how exceptional I believe this great land is and how blessed we are to be a part of the most uh, successful experience and experiment that uh, mankind has known in the pursuit of human freedom without the entanglement of a king other than the eternal God. Or however you choose to see it whether your view of enjoying your God-given or your natural rights, uh, it, it do not include a deity, do not include uh, a religion, then that is your right as well. But what we are seeing now is an assault an attack on those who have differing viewpoints from that which would destroy the ability to think for yourself. Oh, you're not hearing me. The, The ability to act for yourself, to succeed or fail for yourself. Think back on it. Think, think think back on it. Think think about it. Think about it. How many started off in kindergarten with you? There's a whole bunch of them. I'm sure they were a little guppies swimming um, downstream or upstream. Or how were we swimming? Some of us swam against the tide. I think I kind of always swam against that tide. <laughs> uh, and some of you out there may have done the same thing. Kind of swam against that tide. By nature, just swam against the tide. Some of you probably did the same thing. And some of you went along to get along, and sometimes, uh, who didn't? Sometimes, who didn't? All of us have done that. And then again, all of us at some point in time have swam against the tide. Americans, this is the place where you could swim any direction you wanted to. If you had the strength to do it. That's what's being robbed. That type of exceptionalism. Being murdered breeds the type of sameness. No, not sane, S A N E. I'm talking S-A-M-E, sameness. Oh, everybody's the same. Everybody thinks same, talks same, walks same. What happens to jazz music then? What happens to blues? What happens to art? Do Is some art acceptable and some art isn't? Yeah, you know it is. You know that's true. It's already been happening. Censorship of that. On college campuses, young people who want to have conservative uh, uh, clubs banned want to ban them. While you have some communist uh, che, che Guevara uh, type of thing wanting to pop up, it's it's lauded as the next great thing since uh, peanut butter and jelly on plain white bread. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go I'll go with toasting. And I have tried Elvis' version of peanut belly and jelly with Nana. Yeah, well, another, Nana, another Nana sandwich. Oh, uh, yeah. I've tried it that way. But some people think that uh, having Marxist things on their campus and uh, then shutting down the ability of those who want to have American-leaning American spouting pro-American clubs on their campus. They're bad. What kind of upside down crap is that? Are you hearing me? You better tell somebody. Tune in and let's talk about this daily because that's what's happening. We're talking about this daily right here on the C.L. Bryan Show, soon to uh, have our own YouTube channel uh, and all of that. And uh, we're going to be trying to engage with a lot more people, drive our audience, hopefully, uh, over a million. Hopefully, we'll drive it there, over a million. We're, that's that's the goal in my mind, is to get us over a million listeners. Oh, Yeah. Could happen. It's going to happen. Glory to God. In the name of Jesus, I claim it. And so this is the way I'm saying to you. Your efforts matter because I know my efforts have. I'm black. I'm a black man. I grew up in the last city to concede defeat in the South, Shreveport, Louisiana. Yeah. Shreveport, Louisiana was the last city to concede defeat in the Civil War. Old ways, needless to say to you, die hard in Shreveport, Louisiana. I'm not telling you something I heard about and not telling you anything that I read about or anything I heard. I'm telling you where I grew up and the times that I lived. And I'm saying to you, all of this Jim Crow rhetoric that you are hearing now coming out of the mouths of liberals, no less, who have no clue what Jim Crow was all about. And Jim Clyburn I gotta tell you something, man. I just don't. I mean, you're older than I am. I respect you in the eyes of age and all that type of thing. I respect that, that you have lived a long time, but you you to me, you are strangely silent on this. When you know you know, you know better. You know that this has this is not even close. To the Jim Crow you knew in South Carolina, Jim Clyburn, you ought to be ashamed of yourself for allowing for allowing this type of valor to be stolen from those who you knew as contemporaries to steal their valor, saying that this is somehow a fight against Jim Crow. You should you should be ashamed. And if you're not, I'm ashamed for you because obviously they're using you as a pawn. And you're remaining silent, which means that uh, you're, you're colluding with it through your silence. You know you are. You're colluding with it through your silence. Now you can call it what you want. I'm telling you what it is. You're colluding with it, Jim Clyburn, through your silence because you know better than to have them labeling what's going on here with uh, Senate Bill One, SB One, as Jim Crow. You you're, you're colluding with Joe Biden, who publicly lynched along with Ted Kennedy now Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas you went along with that man yes you did yes you did and I want to tell you something You should be ashamed of yourself you should be ashamed of yourself but you're not are you (laughs) but you're not you're not you have grown comfortably numb Pink Floyd you have grown comfortably numb you are a swamp creature and the waters are warm again for you. They're not putting. Well, I tell you what. There is heat on you because you know, not your time. You're, they're going to reelect you regardless of what the heck happens, man. You'll be like you know some of the others. You'll die in office, dude. But you shouldn't stand by and let them uh, dismember and steal the valor. Of those who made it possible for you to be where you are by referring to what's going on in 2021 America with black folks and voting. As somehow Jim Crow laws, you know better. I can't really say that Nancy, that uh, Maxine Waters knows better, but you do. Because you are, whether you like it or not, or whether he, and I know that you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying, Jim Clyburn. You're a son of the South. I know what, we know what we're talking about when it comes to the South. And only a Southern boy can understand it. Now, I'm one from Louisiana and Jim Clyburn, you're from South Carolina. We understand what I mean by being sons of the South. And every white person who's from Uh, the South understand what I mean by it. There is a tradition there. There is a difference there. There is no question about that. And we did have a past there. There is no question about that. But when we talk about the words of Dr. King and the songs that he sung about overcoming, if he could see where we are and have come today, as far as us being able to um, enjoy the blessings of liberty and America, I am saying to you that in the the most strategic way and the most important way we have overcome What, what was just a dream for King, when he was killed in 1968, we have realized a hundred times over Uh, King (laughs) uh, did did not have a clue who uh, would be the first president of color in this country. Even though he was hoping that that president would be elected by the content of his character and not the color of his skin. And that's exactly where we can see that this thing had gotten off track, right? Because Obama was elected not by the content of his character or anything that he has achieved or brought to the table. The only thing that Obama brought to the table was an intelligent black man or intelligent man of color. That's all he brought. He uh, he was he's an intelligent, good looking man of color, young man of color. That's who he was. And that's how he got elected. And that's when you knew that all of this had gone off the rails because of what it had. We, We were no longer electing people because of what we hoped they could do. Then came along Donald John Trump. And we actually elected this man because of what he had accomplished and what he said and claimed he could do for the nation's economy and the nation's personal identity among other nations. Yeah. Then came Donald John Trump, and I'll be doggone. He actually did what he said he would do, and was under attack for it every, cha- every, every turn, every every inch of the way that he uh, served as one term president. Even though black people, Latinos, experienced the lowest unemployment rates in the history of the nation, more women launched themselves into business in those four years than we had seen ever. Ever. the economy was absolutely soaring, it was booming and the president asked a question when this COVID thing came up he asked this question when they said that we ought to wear a mask he asked this question he says well if the mask work why do we have to shut down business then on the other hand my friends, if the masks don't work why are we wearing them Now, I pointed out to you, and I want to point out again, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about this with uh, Dr. Kia Ellis, Ellis, Ph.D. in Clinical Christian Counseling, um, which gives her an opportunity to study behavior as well. Classroom teacher, seven years, launching uh, Kingdom Over Culture podcast to combat identity politics um, and Kia can be reached at Doctor Kia Ellison, Doctor Kia, Doctor Kia. dot com, and uh, I'm going to talk to her about critical race theory and its negative effects on shaping the identity of children, black and white, because it does. Um, the uh, the The problem, or is there a problem with someone having an ID? I mean, I know that we have to have them to get a, a library card. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My printer goes out, whatever. What do I where do I go to the library? Well they I don't I don't know where my card is, so I have to get a, a temporary card and I've already put my driver's license in the machine. They know who I am when I go there to get a temporary card. Because they know who I am. They've already have my ID there. So you have to have one to get a library card. You have to have one to access any of the things there that they have. Like um, You have to have a code and all that kind of thing. They have to to give you that, man. Woman. They have to give that to you so you can operate. And that's the same way it is to vote. We have to know who you are. And I, I personally, I don't know anyone I don't know anyone of age who doesn't have ID. Do you? I don't. I don't know anybody who has ID. I'd like to know them. If you know of anybody, if you know of anybody, and I've said this, uh, you can go to FreedomWorks uh, Facebook page, go scroll over to the videos. I've said this in many, many times, and there's one video that's, that's really, really hot out there. If you know of anybody who was denied the right to vote because they did not have an ID, I want to know who they are. I want to know them. I want to know who they are. We we want to don't we want to know who these people are? I'm C.L. Don't go anywhere. I'll be back. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with me as we build the bridge to conversation throughout this great nation right here on the CL Bryant Show. We're on daily. Sometimes I'm not here, but we're on every day from 1205 in the East, where I am right now. I am in the East. We've relocated to uh, beautiful Jensen Beach, Florida, and glad you came along with us. And, uh, hey, friends, you're hearing us over the Talk Monster Red State Talk, the largest talk platform in uh, the nation. And if you're traveling through Times Square, look up above Ripley's, believe it or not. And that's uh, the home to our Talk Monster billboard. And every hour on the hour, well, every hour in the hour, on the C.L. Bryant Show pops up there on the big board. And CL's looking back at you there in Times Square. And so you come along with us. We build this bridge, things that we need to talk about. And I have with me now someone who's not a stranger to the show by no means and has been with us this whole seven years. We've been uh, doing this thing. It doesn't seem like it's been quite that long, but my goodness. Been a long time. The CL Bryan show has been on TV, on, on, well, TV and radio. And we're about to do our YouTube channel, and surely we're going to bring Dr. Kia Ellis on with us when we do our uh, YouTube channel, because I know without a doubt that she has plenty to tell us and plenty to say. And so, what I want is now to introduce to you a friend of the show, Dr. Kia Ellis. Dr. Ph.D. I want to tell you thank you for coming on in short notice uh, here with us. And uh, how have you been? Welcome back. I
3: have been doing fantastically, and it is so good to be back. I have missed you, my friend, so I appreciate you having me on.
1: Well, God bless you, and I certainly hope that he orders and directs your steps. Kia, uh, we've talked about uh, various aspects of race, but you know, the last time we spoke, I don't think that this critical race theory was as much in our face as it was then. I mean, it has grown. Now, you deal with people and, and counseling and Christian counseling them. Uh, that's uh, uh, your expertise, behavior, and that type of thing. How does this lend itself in a positive or even a negative way on our society, particularly our young people? Talk to us.
3: C.L., I have a background in teaching. I was a a school teacher for seven years uh, before I became a counselor, and so I got to go from the babies to now I'm working with the adults. And the biggest issue that people have is identity. And so critical race theory, it plays on what we all already deal with, and it creates this void. It creates a, a, a vacuum effect where we don't know who we are, and so we spend all of our time trying to avoid being this and try to be more of this or less of that. And it's it's detrimental to us because if you're a kid trying to already establish who you are on the planet and then someone comes in and tells you, nope, doesn't matter what you think, doesn't matter how you feel, doesn't matter, you were born with a certain skin color, so it makes you something
1: That'll mess a person up. Wow. And, friends, that certainly will. Dr. Ellis, let me ask you this then. Is there a reason, a purpose in trying to make or have our younger generation lose themselves in some nebulous type of identity? And who's shaping that identity? Who, who is, why do they want them to think that way? There has to be some end game to this. Talk to us about it.
2: Oh,
3: absolutely. So if I don't have a standard, if I don't have any sort of foundational understanding of what's good, what's bad, what's right, what's wrong, then, of course, the people who are wrong get to step in, slide in, and put into me what they want. And that's what's happening. We have people who have uh, agendas, and they have plans, and they have things that they want to accomplish, and they need People They need others to accomplish it. So what we do is we remove any sort of foundation so that I get to set your foundation and then you'll do exactly what I want because you're going to spend your time trying not to be this awful, horrible thing that we've determined is what you are. Now, it's, it's a whole. It's a whole thing. It's a whole system.
1: Now you've been an educator, and is this something that parents are aware of, not aware of, nonchalant to, uh, you know, don't care about? Talk to us about that, because obviously this is beginning to fester in our public school systems, in particular, and this is this part of all over uh, curriculum, or should we be aware of this even in Christian curriculum?
3: Yes. So I think that there's, there's kind of a split. There's a split between kind of ignorance. There's an ignorance to it that we assume the education system of today is the same education system of 50 years ago or 100 years ago where you've got that one school teacher in the one class and everybody's in there and they're learning not just reading writing and arithmetic but they're learning to be good people and they're learning morals and manners and things and there's kind of this assumption that that's still the classroom that we're looking at today so there's the part of of it that's just ignorant we don't know exactly what's going on and then there's the part where we as the adults we as the parents also don't want to be seen in in this context as racist or to be seen as uh, perpetuating systemic racism and systemic issues. And so we allow uh, those who we assume are have the best uh, interest in the heart that they're going to teach us the right way to do it. Surely they don't have any nefarious ideas for my children. I'm going to assume that If they do this, then they won't be seen as racist. They won't be a part of the problem and will actually be viewed uh, in the right light.
1: Wow. Wow, friends. Uh, Dr. Kia Ellis is my special guest. And, uh, Kia, tell everybody how to get a hold of you before we continue with our conversation. Tell them how to engage you and how to have you come to where they are. Because, you see, this type of insight, folks— is what is necessary. This type of insight is what is necessary. Conversations stem from this actually leads to a type of honesty that we are lacking, so woefully lacking in our society right now. Dr. Ellis, tell tell everybody how to engage with you.
3: Absolutely. Uh, you can reach me at my website, uh, drkia.com drkeiah.com And it's got booking information on there. We can have a, a conversation. I can uh, do speaking engagements, all of that. You can reach me on my website, com.
1: Is the word race, Dr. Kia, is the word race now being weaponized as a tool, actually, against those um who have in so many ways uh, Kia, listen I, I, I have i'm i'm a young i'm a young man who has lived a long time uh, but yeah. uh, <laughs> but just the same uh, I, I remember the 60s. I remember, I remember the 60s. I was, I was just eight years old in 1964. And, uh, you know, I was just eight years old. I remember drinking out of water, uh, colored water fountain and riding on the back. I remember that. Colored day at the fair in Shreveport. I remember all of that. But, but I believe that there's a valor uh, from those who came before me, my parents and my uncles and, and grandparents. I believe there's a valor that is being stolen from them. By calling certain things uh, that they fought truly against, like Jim Crow, and succeeded against it and and, and and the reason that you and I are having this conversation in a free America today is people who can uh, you know make our own way in this country today is because of their sacrifices that they made. I believe that their valor is being dishonored, KiA, because of the, the display the downplaying of what it meant to have survived Jim Crow. Talk to us about the effect that it has on our history.
3: Absolutely. You know, CL, the hypocrisy is kind of mind-boggling because the reality is if critical race theory is necessary, if all of these things are true, if, if America is worse now than it ever was, then what these people are saying is that the Civil Rights era failed and that Martin Luther King failed, Rosa Parks failed. All of these people who gave their life for this cause failed. Right. I don't believe that to be the case. I'm, I'm a young woman who's not lived that long and I have never experienced the things that you're talking about. So either we failed then and we're trying to fix it now or we're using this in a way that's inappropriate. There's, there's no need for critical race theory because we're past it, we're beyond it. And yes, there are racist people. Yes, there are people with issues. But this idea that the entire system of our great nation is a racist system is just not true.
1: Let's dig into this uh, idea about racist people because I know, like you just said, uh, and and i want you to either uh confirm or or or, or clarify uh, correct uh, this opinion that i'm i'm expressing uh, i really honestly want you to do this kia is racism something that you're beating a dead horse as far as trying to eradicate it uh that is a choice like anything else in my opinion but but now is 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 it Uh, 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 an an effort or or something that is useless to try and I think only God can change a racist heart but not legislation or anything like that doctor talk to us about being labeled a racist and the fear of that and talk to us about weaponizing racism talk to us you're
3: 100% correct it's it's racism in itself is an a thought process. It's an ideology. It's a belief system. And all of those lend themselves to changes by new information. If I have new information, I can make a new choice. And what has happened is we have told people through this critical race theory idea and ideology that they don't have a choice that there is nothing that they can do because they were born with these things. That's not true. Racism comes from choosing to take information and create a thought process. So what we have to do instead of uh, you know calling people out and saying that it is simply who you are, we have to give them new information. And we're not doing that. We are rehashing the same thing, like you said, beating that dead horse that everyone is out to get you simply because of the skin color that they have. That in itself is racism. The concept of critical race theory is racist. It, it's, As I said, the hypocrisy, it's mind-boggling.
1: The concept itself Of critical race theory. Now, folks, I want you to think about that. Think, think about that. Think what Dr. Ellison Ellis has said. Think what Dr. Ellis has said. The concept of critical race theory itself is racist so you have this paradoxical thing uh sort of happening here someone saying that they're here to help you but yet everything that they can possibly do with their uh, medicine for you will make you sicker that's what that's what's happening here and kia why is it then that we buy into Are we programmed to buy into this type thing? Have we been programmed to buy into this thing? Is there reversal? Is there something to reverse this? Talk to us.
3: If I can be real with you for a second, all of this is self-focused. It's self-centered. It's about what people think and see of me. And we have been programmed over the last couple of decades uh, in this social media mentality, this... um, it's a it's a product we're brands we're not people we're brands and we don't do things off brand we don't do things that would uh give an an appearance or make the optics wrong for what people see and how they think of us and so even the idea of being quote anti-racist is really you don't see me as a racist i could be racist but as long as you don't see it wow then it's okay
1: wow wow kia that is so deep <laughs> oh that is so so deep michelle are you getting that that is so so deep listen i've got to have you back on this michelle we got to put her in the re- i've said we've got to put her in the regular rotation uh because i want to visit this particular topic uh in in a, in a in a broader fashion when we have um perhaps a full hour to just spend uh picking your brain picking your mind and intellect about uh this type of subject and um So, I want you to tell your folks, uh, I said hello, tell them I said hello. And uh, I certainly hope that God continues to bless and keep you. Tell everybody again, uh, Kia, how to get in touch with you, Dr. Ellis.
3: Absolutely. You can find me at my website, drkia.com. And I am so, so thrilled to have been here with you, C.L. We love you. We miss you. We pray for you all the time. And we look forward to getting to see you soon.
1: God bless and keep you, my sister. I'll talk to you real soon. I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Bryant Show. And thank all of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation here on the C.L. Bryant Show daily. That was a friend of the show, Dr. Kia Ellis, Dr. Kia Ellis, and I mean, to tell you something, folks, uh, there is a clarity that she brought to why, and I don't know if you heard it, but I'm going to bring her back so you can hear this again, to why you shirk and run and, and go along and get along when you're afraid that somebody will call you a racist. I want you, I don't want you to miss this. Now, you may be a racist as long as I don't see it now see that is the democrat party I'm telling you I am telling you and and see Dr. Ellis began to pull the cover back off of that I'm going to bring it back when I have uh, more time to speak with her and unpack that even more uh, because see she began to uncover that y- you see Nancy Pelosi's, Pelosi could be a racist huh uh, Chuck Schumer could be a racist black live matter advocates all of them uh, could be racist but see they don't want you to see that they are they want you to think and see this, this fits right into their narrative I want you to understand this narrative here Everything that they accuse you of being, they are. Everything that you accuse them of being, they are. Because I'm going to tell you something. I travel in conservative circles around this land from uh, Washington to Florida from Maine to Southern California all I crisscross this nation I know conservatives and traveling conservatives circles everywhere and I to this point have not been uh, treated anything other than an equal and that's all I want. I don't care what you are as long as I'm treated as an equal. And I found that. But in the Democrat Party, I'll talk to you about it when I return. I'm CL. Don't you go anywhere. Be right back. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth me. So you
3: clean me up inside you thought I was to die for.
2: So you Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying Alexa play Red State Talk Radio
3: Red State Talk
0: Radio on TuneIn
1: Do the best I can' always oh, in
3: the hand, And for the flag
1: I stay CL Back home stretch of the CL Bryant Show today. Um, and I want to uh, thank Dr. Ellison Ellis for being on with me here today, uh, opening up the platform for our uh, final segment uh, here. Um I've been a Democrat. Yeah, in fact I grew up a Democrat. My parents were Democrats. They were uh both uh they were Kennedy Democrats in particular. They were Kennedy Democrats, but um uh my father I know was an was a Roosevelt Democrat. Not really sure. Uh not really sure, but I'm I'm pretty sure that um about my mother. I'm not not sure about my, my, my mother, but I know my father uh, was a Roosevelt uh, Democrat, and um, as well. So, what I am um, saying here is that I, I understand the inner workings of the Democrat Party. Started in party politics at the age of about fourteen. Putting out flyers and this and that for various candidates and so forth, and then became a part of the Alphonse Jackson campaign. Any of you who are in Shreveport, Louisiana, uh, listening to the show, know anything about the show? Uh, know anything about uh, Shreveport politics? Um, back in that day, you'll know that Alphonse Jackson was the first state representative, black state representative, uh, in modern era uh, from Louis, from uh, Shreveport area, from Caddo Parish, uh, in Louisiana. And he was a, a very savvy politician, little fella, uh, not a large fella at all, just a little fella, but he was savvy as he could be as a politician. His daughter is, has the same type of spunk, not quite as savvy as her father was. But uh, I've been in politics, my whole point is a, a long time. I've seen various things happen. And I'm saying to you, I've been a Democrat. And as long as you agree mindlessly with, that's okay. oh yeah, well, okay, let's do that. okay yeah, okay let's do that. is if you're that kind of black person in the Democrat Party growing into that era, you were just fine. You could become a troublemaker, a renegade, if in fact you bucked the orders that were sent down to you from above. I was, became, you know, over time, uh, more involved in politics and yada, yada, yada in various ways and um, got into filmmaking and and, and various things. Um, the other side was a film that I did in Dallas uh, with some of the Dallas police officers uh, there uh, years ago. Now, myself, uh, Scott Peck, Dave Talley, Burl Jernigan. Um, you know, we're all in, involved. Sam Allen, we're all involved with it uh, back in the day. Constable Burl Jernigan and um, fire inspector. Uh, Lieutenant Sam Allen, were all um, witnesses to my presidency as NAACP president in uh, Garland, Texas, back in the day. I was a Democrat then, and I was um, president, two-term president, in AACP, Garland, Texas. I've seen the other side is the point I'm making. And I am telling you, as long as you go along with what they want you're fine you're going to be fine but the minute you express an opposite and polar opinion to what they want you become a troublemaker and a renegade and you must be chastised that's the democrat party that's how they keep people in line Nancy Pelosi up to this point and I have a feeling that uh, a spanking is coming for uh, Acacia Cortez oh yeah spanking is coming from all of them, for all of them but Nancy Pelosi up to this point has been able to keep her people in line up to this point she's been able to keep her people in line because of threat and innuendo even Joe Manchin of of, of of West Virginia, Joe always talks a good conservative game. Joe always talks as though he's uh, for the people and and one of the one of the people. But Joe always goes along with Nancy, most of the time. Joe is going to most of the time go along with Nancy because evidently Joe's bed is feathered very well, and you'll never see it. I'll never see it. But Joe goes along with Nancy most of the time, which means that he got something. That's politics. That's the way it goes. It has it was always corrupt, always has been corrupt. People got something. Okay? Okay. Don't forget it. Democrats have always been that way. Now. The renegade part of me said to the NAACP, What you are asking of us to embrace and endorse, yeah, pro life, and I mean, not pro life, but Planned Parenthood. They want me to go speak at a pro choice. They want me to go speak at a pro choice rally. I got a I got a I got a directive. Didn't have cell phones, all that kind of stuff back then. They got a directive down, memo down from director. That time Dr. Benjamin Hooks. Yeah. To go speak at a pro choice rally in Dallas County, in Dallas. And um I couldn't do it because of conscience. I, I there's no way I could do that. Go speak at some pro-choice rally where where they uh, you know encourage abortion and that type of thing. I was a, a minister of evangelism in my church back then. No way I could do that. One of the past I was one of the pastors at my church. I, I no way I could do that back then. And so I turned it down. And, and you know what? My star. I've told you the story before. My star that was rising rapidly. In the organization, the NAACP was rising rapidly. We were in federal court. We were suing uh, the Garland Independent School District in federal federal court. The magnet schools that are in Garland, Texas, to this day, uh, happened under my watch. I happened. They happened then, and became instituted right after I left office. But all of that, all of those, were put in place under my our watch. Our, our attorney Ed Cloutman, still uh, practicing, I, I guess. I spoke to Ed a couple of years ago well, it's been several years ago now, still practicing law in, Garland, in uh, Dallas, Texas. Ed Cloutman, uh, Yeah, Judge Jerry Buckmeyer was federal judge who presided over our um, federal case that we had there. That was on my watch. I have seen both sides of this story. And I am telling you, as long as you go along with Democrats, as long as you are a Democrat operative, you're a black person and you're a Democrat operative, you go along with what they say, you're okay. You're just fine. You're just fine. Nobody's going to bother you. You rock along any way you want and they'll back you up all the way. They'll back you up all the way. But the minute you step out of line. You're going to be chastised. That's how Nancy Pelosi has kept people in line for so long. She, like J. Edgar Hoover, has a file on everybody. I bet you she does. I found a certain liberation to be yourself. And Dr. Ellis was talking about this herself when she was on with me earlier. The ability to be you is incredibly important. And and, and it it takes a long time, sometimes a lifetime, to figure out who you are without the clutter of somebody telling you who they want you to be. I've always accepted people for who they are not all the time, people gonna accept you for who you are, but I've already accepted people for who they are. It's sort of like Maya Angelou, even though Maya, you know, socialist-minded and so forth, but just the same, uh, she thought deep thoughts. She said this, when people show you who they are, believe them. Believe them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, The Democrat Party have shown you Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. The Democrat Party has shown you who they are. Believe them. Maxine Waters. I open the show like this. Maxine Waters has shown you. Who she is. Believe her. Believe her. She's shown you who she is. Okay? Wake up, push back, stand up. And, um, the news day, and all of you, be sure to check it out. Don't um, use September 11th as Afghan pullout date. Oh my God! Don't use. Oh my goodness! What a desecration that would be. Nine Eleven to be a date that we leave Afghanistan. It would be a desecration. Oh my God. And you know what? I would not be surprised if, in the warped and twisted mind, numb, not thinking idiot mind of a Joe Biden and an administration that's run by obvious knuckleheads, obvious idiots that they would use that date as a pull-out date of Afghanistan. How insensitive. So many lives were lost on that date and so many lives have been given. So many limbs. So many of our boys, of men, come home scarred. So many of our women come home scarred since this longest war in our history, and you use a date like that to pull out, stand up, speak up, push back. I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day and I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And Americans, until I'm able to speak to you again, and only God knows the future, and only he can order our steps in his word, I encourage you all to, oh, taste and see how good his word is. Until I'm able to talk to you again, thank you for coming along with me. I'm CL. I'll speak to you next time.